You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Taking the message of faith around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Today, um, I want to connect some of the things I had said when we started the month with the things that we'll be doing in the days coming. Hallelujah. We've been looking at open rewards. Amen. Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 6. And he taught extensively throughout the verse. And um, he taught on three things. He taught on fasting, prayer, and giving. And Jesus himself practiced these things. He fasted, he prayed, and he gave. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus didn't just teach on these things. Um... If for teaching's sake, he taught on these things because he was correcting what they were already doing. Hallelujah. So he spoke about fasting, he spoke about giving, and he spoke about praying. And we know from other scriptures that Jesus even taught his disciples how to pray. Hallelujah. So we saw that the three things Jesus taught... He said that if they practice these things, they will have what he called open rewards. Hallelujah. Open rewards. He said, he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And so Jesus was introducing to them maybe what they didn't even know in the first place. They didn't know anything about the fact that God wanted to reward people openly. So Jesus was telling them about open rewards. How many of you want to see open rewards in your life? Amen. Not secret rewards. Open rewards. Paul spoke along the same lines. And you know, Paul didn't just come and start saying his own thing. Everything Paul taught could be backed from the Old Testament. There was a basis in the Old Testament that he spoke from. So Paul says something similar in 1 Timothy 4 verse 15. He was talking to Timothy. Then he said, meditate on these things. He said, give yourself wholly to them, that's completely to them, that your profiting may appear to all. So Paul was talking about our profiting or the profiting of Timothy appearing to all. Not the profiting that he will know about it. Amen. So it means that Paul also knew something about an open reward. Hallelujah. That means God's public display of his goodness or God's public response to you based on your actions. Many people agree that even as a human being, you have to be taught how to live the human life. If you were a human being and you were dropped to live with animals, 
you are around monkeys and baboons, you will be human but live like an animal. Are you understanding me? Because another human being has to teach you the way humans live. Am I communicating? So every human being that came into this world needed someone to show them how to live. In the same way that the human life is taught, the life in the spirit is also taught. Hallelujah. Spiritual things have to be taught. If they are not taught, what will happen is that you have the nature of God, but you have not been taught on how to express it, how to use it, how to function in it. So, it now becomes like that human being that is behaving like a goat. He is not a goat. He is acting like a goat. He is not a dog. He is acting like a dog. He is not an unbeliever, but he's acting like an unbeliever because he's thinking like an unbeliever. He's not been taught how to live the God life. Peter the Apostle spoke in 2 Peter 1, the third verse. He said, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If he had stopped there, it would be an incomplete statement. He now said, through the knowledge, amen, of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Now, what he was saying is that these things that God has made available is through knowledge. Amen. That means that it is through knowledge that you are able to assess these things that have been made available. He said, all that pertains to life and godliness has been given. So, okay, if it has been given, why, why am I not seeing my life? You've not known how to use it. See, I believe it was this year, if it wasn't this year, maybe late last year, I talked about God's sovereignty and human responsibility. How many of you remember that? At least you remember the language. Okay. I talked about there are things that are dependent on God solely, and there are things that we are responsible for. If the word of God is not taught, you will mix them up. And then the things that you are supposed to be responsible for, you will be expecting God to do. And the things that God is responsible for, you will now start doing. Example, vengeance is not yours. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I will do him back. That's taking God's responsibility. Amen. <laughs> are you listening to me? Anytime you rise up to pay someone back in their coin, you've just taken God's responsibility. Now, something as simple as that, if you were not taught, you will never know. When Jesus was telling them, hey, 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 he, taught, he said, see, when someone smites you on the right cheek, or, or whichever cheek, turn the other one. He said, is that not a mumu life, as we say in Nigeria? No, he was teaching them something, a higher way of living. Amen. He was explaining to them that when you enter that kind of space, you are saying that you recognize that vengeance belongs to God. Now, just use that illustration to explain something to you. Tap your neighbor, say spiritual things. They have to be taught. You cannot, tell your neighbor, you cannot figure out spiritual things. No, you can't figure them out. They have to be taught. You can't mentally figure out spiritual things. Imagine the man called Uzzah in the Old Testament that wanted to help God, help the ark 
He was trying to use his head to figure out, okay, the thing wants to fall. Is it not normal for me to carry it, to catch it? But he had to be taught, hey, no, 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 no. This ark, amen, do you know what it represents? As a matter of fact, for the fact that you're even carrying it on top of an animal, you're already wrong. Only humans are entitled to divine presence, not animals. But Uzzah didn't know that because he wasn't taught. And there could be Uzzahs today, amen, if they are not taught. And that's why the teaching of God's word is important. What happens to you when you are taught God's word is that you will learn to have control over the direction your life goes, amen. There are many things that are dependent on us. Why? Because Jesus has done what he needs to do. And then we should take advantage of what he has done. But we have to be taught. So when Jesus was telling them about open rewards, he was saying, hey, hey, there is a way to keep experiencing a response from heaven. Hallelujah. He was saying, hey, if you do this, this is going to happen. What you might call the law of cause and effect. This is what will happen. This will be the outcome of such actions. And then he begins to guide you to think in a way that you, be, you will always act to produce the right results in your life. So he said fast. And then he didn't just say fast. Jesus didn't just tell them what to do. He told them how to do it. The teaching of God's word doesn't just show you what. It tells you how. Everybody say how. That's important. The how can frustrate someone. Amen. You can know what about many things, but not know how about it and still be frustrated. Now, if you read the scriptures, even in the Old Testament, you'll find that there are certain things that God put at our discretion or left in our hands. For example, it will surprise you to know that how long we live on earth is dependent on us. Hallelujah. If you read all the scriptures that talk about long life, you will see that it puts the responsibility on man. Read Proverbs. He will talk about how to live long, what you should do. That means he's not saying, I will do this for you. No. He's telling you what to do. Glory to God. Yo, you quote the, the, the 91st Psalm, you know, the, the last passage with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. It is dependent on you dwelling in the secret place. Are you understanding me? He said, he that dwells, then he said, I will satisfy you with long life. So, there is a part you play. In the New Testament, when he talked about long life, the scripture that was very clear about long life, First Peter 3.10, it said, he that will see love life and see good days. Then he tells you what to do. He said, let him refrain his tongue. That means your mouth can reduce you from 80 to 65. Your mouth can reduce you from 65 to 30. Are you understanding me? Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking guile. He was putting the responsibility of how long you live on you. Amen. That's why when you come to church, you are taught these things so that you can put them to work in your life. It tells us how to determine the outcome of our children. Are you understanding me? Oh, you want your children to come to this point? He said, this is what to do. 
at least the common scripture you all know, train up a child in the way he should go. Amen. The Bible didn't just say, oh, just stay and be praying for your child. No, if you pray for him and you don't train him, you still miss the point. He said, train. Train. Praise God. There is a place of praying and there is a place of training. Now, you cannot see that thing that the scripture said without responding or acting on what the scripture said. Hello? So he said, train up a child in the way. He didn't say, just watch and see what will come out of the life. You know, some, some people even believe that, you know, allow the children independence to express themselves. What will come out, you won't like it. The world won't like it. Amen. The society won't like it. The formation of a child's destiny, a major part of it is in the hands of the parents or the guardian. Now, I'm not talking about children today. I'm just showing you that you have a role to play. Amen. In what comes out at the end of the day. So when Jesus was talking about open rewards, he was teaching them about some spiritual principles that they could use to stir things in their favor or to their advantage. He taught them about giving. He taught them about prayer. He taught them about fasting. Why did Jesus spend so much time talking about prayer, fasting, and giving? Because any man that will lay hold on those things will never have the life taking him where he doesn't want. Amen. Are we together? So, you apply yourself to what the Spirit of God is teaching you. If it's teaching you about prayer, you apply yourself. If you were admitted in a school and you did not attend lectures, will you know what they taught in the school? You can't. Are you, are you understanding me? So, understand that at every phase of your life, the Holy Ghost is taking you through the school of the spirits. Amen. The school of the spirits. Just as there are natural laws, there are also spiritual laws. Tap your neighbor and say there are spiritual laws. And when we say law, don't be mistaken. I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments. Hello? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a commandment. The, the word law is used for several things. Are you understanding me? You say, oh, you run foul of the law. It could mean the government. You say, oh, um, 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 you use law in scripture and it means the Ten Commandments. Are we together? But I'm speaking of law as it concerns principle. Everybody say principle. Just like the law of gravity. Gravity is in the Ten Commandments. Is the law of gravity in the Ten Commandments? That shall not go... Is there anything like that? No, it's, it's a principle that anything that goes up will come down. So, in the realm of the spirit, there are laws. Paul understood such laws. In Romans alone, in the book of Romans alone, he mentioned, he talked about, in Romans 8 verse 2, he talked about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He said, it has made me free from the law of sin and death. That means there's a law that produces death. How does it produce death? It will stir up sin so that death will come. Amen. But there's another law, hallelujah, that the child of God operates. 
is a life-giving law. Amen. Operated by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Then, in Romans, the same Romans, the third chapter, he talked about the law of faith. Amen. He's talking about spiritual principles. Amen. Amen. That believers must understand. And when they understand these principles, they will use it to their advantage. If they don't understand it, Satan is going to use that to hurt them or harm them. Are we together? So today I want to show you just one thing. Alright? I want to teach you about the law of giving. Amen. Let's look at Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It's now I'm starting my message. Amen. <laughs> I was just laying the foundation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Tap your neighbor say, learn something today. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, let's read it together if you can see it. Want to go? How that so laboring, ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Hallelujah. Who said? Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Hallelujah. Um, before I begin to unravel some things here, I want you to understand something. Some people behave like, how do I put it? Like the things that Jesus said um, are not as important as the things that Paul said. If you think that way, it means you also are not as important as you think. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Whatever Paul was saying was not contrary to what God had been saying. Amen. Are you with me? No, it was not contrary. The only difference is in who they were talking to. Am I communicating? There are some things Jesus said that does not apply to us. It applied to the Jews that he was speaking to at that time. For example, Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, what Jesus is saying, is it correct? Yes, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. It shall obey you. If you, if you have. But Jesus was not talking to you. He was talking to people that did not have faith. Amen. They didn't have faith as the grain of the mustard seed. Am I communicating? Now, you, the born again believer, when you got born again, Jesus gave you his faith. Amen. Am I communicating? The same way he gave you his love, I we together. He gave you his love. He also gave you his faith. 
He said, how did he give it to me? Through the gospel you heard. Amen. When you received the gospel, you received the faith of God. Hallelujah. So God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Are we together? So every believer has faith. Now, when he made the statement, if you have faith, he wasn't talking to you. And there are many statements Jesus made that might not be applicable to you, but they remain true. Amen. Am I communicating? They remain true. It says, pray lest you fall into temptation. <laughs> it is true till today. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Meaning that when you spend time praying, the wisdom of God and the strength to your spirit will lead you away from the things that will take you out of God's plan. Amen. It's true today. So, in Acts 20.35, they were quoting a statement Jesus made. So, let's look at it together. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said. What did he say? Read it for me. What did he say? Your voice is not strong. Say it again. Glory to God. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, follow me. That means he's saying receiving is a blessing. Are we together? Are we together? If I say it is more beneficial to sit down than to stand up. I'm saying that sitting down is beneficial. Standing up is beneficial. But sitting down supersedes. Amen. Am I communicating? Are you, are you with me today? Now, a lot of believers know only about receiving. I say, do you know I got blessed today? What happened? I received. Do you know I got blessed today? Yeah, what happened? I received. That means blessing. Um, receiving is a blessing. Say receiving is a blessing. Receiving is a blessing. That means, um, what, 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 the word blessing is so used rampantly that sometimes we lose the meaning of, of, of blessing. To be blessed means that you are supernaturally helped. Hallelujah. You alright? You, there's, there's, there's an empowerment, a divine empowerment upon you. That's what it means to be blessed. So, when the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's focus on receiving. Anytime you receive, it is a supernatural assistance. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? Especially for us as believers. So, I go out somewhere and someone gives me something. I receive. I am blessed. And then I receive again. And I am blessed again. A lot of believers don't understand what we talk about, the potential blessing of God, when we talk about what God has done for us legally in his blessing and the vital blessing of God in our lives. Some people don't understand the difference. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings, heavenly places in Christ Jesus, but we'll be blessed tomorrow. Amen. 
Let me explain it with forgiveness of sin. Jesus had paid for your sins to be forgiven. Is that not so? Are your sins eternally forgiven? Yes. But as we walk in this world, amen, we come in contact with things that attempt to defile us. The blood still cleanses. Amen. Am I complicating? So there's something the blood has done and there's something the blood is still doing. Amen. Am I communicating? That's the same way it is for blessing too. So anytime we receive, we are blessed. It means it takes a blessing to be activated for me to receive. Amen. But what he's teaching us here is not about receiving. It is provoking us to understand that there is a higher blessing than receiving. What this means is that blessings are not on the same level. Just like light is not on the same level. There are different degrees of light. Amen. You know, I think it was in Genesis where the Bible was talking about, it said there were two great lights. Then it said the lesser and the greater. That means that two of them are great lights, but one is greater than the other. Hallelujah. In the same way, in blessings, all blessings are not on the same level. Why did you use the language more blessed? Praise God. You can title it more blessed today. Amen. More blessed. That means there is blessing and more blessing. Amen. Have you not read John 15? Where Jesus was speaking, and he said, Every branch in me that beareth fruit, he said, I will purge it that it will bring forth more fruit. So there is fruit, and there is what? More fruit. Then he said, Later in the verse, he now said, And then it will bring forth much fruit. Have you also not read when Jesus was talking about the sower going out to sow? And when they fell on good ground, some brought forth thirtyfold. That's a blessing. Everybody say thirtyfold. Let's say times thirty. That's a blessing. Then in the same place, some brought forth what? Sixtyfold. That is more than thirty. Then another one brought what? One hundredfold. That's more than sixty and thirty. Now, what the scripture is telling us in Acts 20.35 is that in the arrangement of blessings, receiving is on one level, giving is on a higher level. Amen. That means that when an exchange takes place between two persons, someone is giving and another is receiving. The giving one is more blessed than the receiving one. Amen. (laughs) Hello. That's what the scripture is saying. The giving person is more blessed than the receiving person. God spoke to Abraham. And he told him, he said, look, I will bless you. That's level one. Then later he said, and you shall be a blessing. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? That means that for you to be a blessing, you're already blessed. Anytime I take the position of giving, I have taken the place of the one that is a blessing. Am I communicating? So, he said, it is more blessed. My prayer for everyone is that you will function in the more blessed place. 
It is more blessed. Some of you are always praying. Oh, praying. Oh, Lord, let someone, I need to receive money this week. I need to receive a, 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 new, a new house this week. I need to receive my house rent. I need to receive capital. Start praying higher prayers. Amen. Are we together? It is good to receive. But what will, what, what, won't it be better if you are saying, Lord, I need to give someone house rent this week? For you to be giving someone house rent, it means you have settled your own. Is that not so? Oh, I need to give, I need to give someone capital for something this week. I need to, that means that you are functioning on a higher level. The more blessed level. I said the more blessed level. I said the more blessed level. Now, it's not, see, it's a level in understanding. It's a way of thinking that has changed. It's how you see things. You are no more sitting down just waiting for someone to bring something to you. You now understand that anytime you give, you are activating a higher blessing than when you receive. Hallelujah. Now, this scripture, all Bible scholars, you read any commentary anywhere, nobody can tell you where they quoted this thing from. They say they don't know. Amen? You know, some people think that commentators and Bible commentary writers are always correct. They cannot always be correct. Some of them are not even born again. Amen? They, under, they understood Hebrew and Greek, so they, they tried to help. Are you understanding me? So, they, 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 they didn't know. Say, ah, when did Jesus say it is more blessed to give than to receive? When did Jesus say it? <laughs> I remember the first time I came across the scripture. I was studying it. And then I was like amazed to see that there was no material that had any information about where Jesus, you know, um, if you read, you read some commentaries, when they are writing the New Testament and an Old Testament scripture is quoted, they will tell you where in the Old Testament it was quoted. Are you with me? So you could find a statement that was made in the Psalms quoted again in the New Testament and they will tell you how or where, even if it was rendered slightly. But for this scripture, they couldn't tell. They don't know when Jesus said it. Some even insinuated that maybe it was something Jesus said somewhere that was not written down, then, then, then someone wrote it. But you know, it's good to study. Someone asked me, how do you study? Do you study in Greek, Hebrew? I said, I study in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I study in the Holy Ghost. I study in the Holy Ghost. We study in the Holy Ghost. By studying the Holy Ghost, sometimes I will come up with an answer that the Greek and the Hebrew scholar will agree that this is the answer. And I found out something in this scripture. He said, Jesus said. And he was quoting something that was common statement. Are you understand? Because he said, remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Why would we tell them to remember? It means there was something that all of them knew about. It was not something Jesus said once in a while. It likely something Jesus said regularly. Amen. So the question that the Holy Ghost popped in my heart was who was writing this book? And I said, Dr. Luke. He said, did Dr. Luke say anything that Jesus said? I said, yes. He said, now go back and study Luke's comments and see if Jesus said anything about giving. I didn't need to go far. I said, yes, Luke 6.38. He said, it was the statement Jesus made in Luke 6.38. You know the scripture. Give and it shall be given unto you. That was being quoted here. Amen. Are you with me? 
This is the wrong time for the projector to be going off. Amen. All right, let's read together. It's showing here. I don't know why it's not showing. Luke 6:38, common verse. One to go. You should know it. Now, this is the scripture where Jesus talked directly about giving. And he was explaining that giving is a great blessing because it will return, hallelujah, pressed down, shaking together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Amen. Am I communicating? So, what was the concept Jesus had about giving? You know, most of the time, a lot of Christians don't understand that your financial life and your influence on earth is determined by your actions. Amen. Some people don't understand that. They say, oh, if God wants to do something, he will do it. No, sir. There are many things God wants to do. If you don't rise up, it will not be done. Amen. Am I communicating? There are many things God wants to do. And when you understand, God wants children, sons, that have understood how to operate the kingdom. Why did God give the keys of the kingdom to man? Because he wants you to be the one to be in charge. Alright? He said, I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. He didn't say, whatever heaven binds, I will bind. No, 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 no. He said, it's from here you are controlling things. Amen. Whatever you say will happen. Heaven will say, okay. But a lot of Christians are hiding and running and dodging and begging and crying. Amen. When will scripture be fulfilled in your life? Amen. You look at the language of scripture, it never gave room for a believer to be in a state where he's helpless. Especially a believer that is full of the Spirit. The scripture says that, I believe it was uh, David the psalmist that was saying it. He said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Amen. Nor his seed begging bread. That means that begging bread is not part of the covenant. He said, I have never seen. It's like we should tell him, come to Nigeria. What he was saying, see, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. That means that one of the things about the righteous is that he will never be forsaken. Are you the righteous? Are you the righteous? Tap your and say, you are not forsaken. So if I'm not forsaken, what's happening? Hey, I've not put to work what I know or what I'm supposed to do. He said, no, his seed begging bread. The seed is talking about your children. Going out somewhere looking for help all the time. No, that's not the lot of the righteous. And so God gave wisdom to us on how to influence the world and how to stay on top. Hallelujah. Now, go back to Luke 638. 
the scripture was not talking about, he didn't say, it will be given unto you then. No, he said, give. And it shall, hallelujah, be given unto you. Then he's saying that what will be given to you will not be the same thing that you gave. You know, I, I've heard so many things that believers say that it begins, I, I, I'm baffled because you cannot be more righteous than Jesus. Amen. Say, well, let me give an example. Someone says, you know, when I'm giving to the Lord, I'm not giving so that we get anything. I don't want anything. I just want to give. That can be true. Now, the highest motivation for giving is love. Amen? Are we together? And is that motivation, love motivation, that causes your giving to produce fruit? How do we know that? It's in Scripture. Amen. The way you're looking at me, you want me to show you all the scriptures? Amen. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13. I didn't want to go there. Give me verse 3. It says, And though I bestow, let's just read from 2. I'll come to 3. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, I have not charity. Now, charity there is love. Agape, all right, was translated charity in the King James Version, is love. Okay, so anyway, you see charity is love. Then it says what? It profits me nothing. No, no, go back. I am nothing. Verse 3. Let's read verse 3 together. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, all, not some, all, all my goods. That means there were people that were giving their all, amen? All my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not what? Love. It profits me nothing. That means it was supposed to profit me something. Amen. Are you listening to me? If it says it profits me nothing, means it's supposed to profit me something. Hello? That means if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, it's supposed to profit me something. When he said, giving my body to be burned, he's talking about how you, he's talking about Christian service that affected your health. Amen. It's supposed to profit you something. Now, when Jesus taught on giving, in Luke 6 we read, was Jesus saying that you will get something back? Now, let me ask, if Jesus did not intend for you to get anything back, he doesn't have to mention it. Am I communicating? But he's mentioning it to for you to know so that you'll be motivated to give. Hallelujah. So he said, give and it shall be given unto you. What's hard about understanding that language? Amen. Then he said, hey, good measure. Press down. He was using grain, grain to explain. Let's suppose um, 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 corn, maize. Are you understanding me? To, to, to explain that. How you go and they measure it in, in, in bowls, in small bowls, and they measure it. He said, when it's going to be measured back, he said, it will be pressed down. Amen. Shaking together, running over. Glory to God. Then he said, shall men, shall men bring into your bosom. What he's trying to say is that what makes men's heart open to you is dependent on you. There's a way the world operates. And a man that has understood something about giving has understood a big deal about how the spirit realm operates. 
there are certain things that will never open to you until you yield yourself to be a giver. Have you not read in scripture? It said, for God love it. Amen. A cheerful giver. Does he mean he hates the other one? No. Why is he using the language? He's saying that God is excited, hallelujah, about the one that is happy to give. Why is giving such a big deal? Because God is a giving God. And if he told us to be imitators of him, we should be giving, giving children like him, giving sons. Say, I, I have the nature of God in me. The nature of God is a giving nature. Amen. Have you not read that God so loved that he gave his son? His son was his all. Hallelujah. So, if you have the nature of God, giving is in the nature of God. Hallelujah. That means any time a believer is resisting giving, he's not walking in the nature of God. Imagine if God is fed up of giving. God has been giving since. Amen. And he's still giving. Am I communicating? He's still giving. And he's still giving. And he's still giving. The Bible says every good and perfect gift is from the Father of lights. Amen. He's a giving God. Say, I'm a giving son. Say, he's a giving God. And I'm a giving son. Hallelujah. Now, why do people not give? You know, have you ever thought of that? Why, I'm not talking about unbelievers. Why do believers not give? Why, number one, I, I believe that a lot of believers don't even understand how spiritual things work. So they're ignorant of spiritual things. The same way why people don't pray. Anybody that doesn't pray is because they don't understand spiritual things. Imagine someone say, eh, I don't have time, I don't have time. I don't have time, that's why. Have you prayed? So no, I've not, I don't have time, that's why I've not prayed. <laughs> you, you have it upside down. If you pray, you will have time. Amen. I don't have, that's why I've not given. No, sir. You didn't understand it. Why does the scripture say that God ministers seed to the sower? Have you ever thought of that? He's not talking about farming. He's not talking about, read the context, 2 Corinthians 8 into chapter 9. Read the context of the whole chapter, the two chapters. He was talking about giving. Why was he talking, using farming? He said, God ministers seed to the sower. Meaning that the day you decide to be a sower, Seed will come supernaturally. Why is it? Why is this the first thing coming? Seed because it is through seed that God gives you the harvest. Amen. Some of you here are asking for help. The greatest help that will come is that seed will come to you. And when seed comes, recognize it as seed. Someone said this years ago. I, I got to understand it better. God does not expect money to finish in your hand. You'll be amazed. I won't have the whole service to explain that. Because the way God operates is that anything he puts in your hand, he expects it to multiply. And when you don't multiply it, you've not done what you're supposed to do with it. See, if you pray, one of the prayers you pray is, Lord, wisdom. Wisdom. Why? 
Because that 500 naira in your hand, 5,000 can come out of it. But if you don't have the wisdom of God, you say, what can this 500 naira do? In the same way, Moses was thinking, what can this rod do? But this rod is the reason why you know Moses. Amen. Am I communicating? That thing in your hand, if you, if you will yield to the wisdom of God, you'll be amazed what will come out of it. So, God wants the things in your hand to multiply. So, he teaches you on how to get them to multiply. But you know, sometimes believers, they receive seed and they eat the seed. One of the names of Satan, Satan, the word Satan, one of the meanings of Satan is seed eater. The one that eats seed. Why is he eating seed? So that it will never produce life. So anytime you are eating seed, you know what you are acting like. That's why it's called a thief. Listen, one of the reasons why people don't give is that they don't understand spiritual things. They are ignorant of spiritual things. May God open your eyes to spiritual things. Then some, time will fail me, are greedy, selfish. The Bible calls it the love of money. You know what the love of money is? It means that money is more of an idol to you. It's God to you than God. The reason why you don't have your blood pressure is normal is because your accounts Balance is 450,000. If it gets to 300,000, you'll be in the hospital. Anytime your bank account gets to a particular point, you get depressed. That means that your depression or your joy is dependent on that account. Hey, you are not well. It's unhealthy to function that way. The Bible didn't say that the, the money you account is your strength. He said the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, if money has a hold on you, what will happen is that, you see, when money has a hold on somebody, this, there's a way they think. There's a way they think. As I'm talking now, they're thinking, those pastors want to raise money. That's how they're thinking. Are you understanding me? No, I don't want to raise money. I'm not planning to raise money. You know, so that, just to rest your mind. So you keep listening to me. You understand? And that's what they're thinking. Why they think like it's just like if I just start saying, Praise the Lord. Today the title of my message is fornication. Somebody just adjust. The one that is not fornicating doesn't have a problem. It's like preacher and preacher. But the one that's fornicating is as God got us today. <laughs> are, you, are you understanding me? That's how it is. As I start talking about money now, they, 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 there are some, the body is itching them. Everywhere is scratching them. You understand that? Ah, money. Are you understanding me? <laughs> if that's how it's doing you, you need a healing and a cure. Until you come to a point where they are talking about this thing and joy is springing in your heart. Are you understanding me? Rather than fear. Glory to God. Now, where, where, I was somewhere. 
So, a believer has to understand the difference. How to operate these spiritual things. How to function that way. Thank you. How to function that way. Glory to God. So, everything that God gives to you, He expects you to multiply it. When Jesus met the three, um, or rather the servants, the master met three servants, and then gave one five talents, and gave one two talents, and gave one one talent. It was a picture. And don't think when he's saying talents, you know, when we're younger, they're teaching Sunday school, they say, you know, some of us have the singing talent, so we can give you one talent. It was not talking about, it was talking about money. Amen. That scripture was talking about money. Everybody say money. That's what I was talking about. It was talking about money. It was not talking about talents. As in uh, ability, natural ability. That's not talking about. It was talking about money. That the first one that was given five, the units of currency, the unit of currency at that time, it was given five talents. And they came back, he had doubled it. The other one, they gave him two. He had doubled it. The one they gave one had an excuse. You will not have an excuse after today. That the things, God, some of you, God gives you contacts, you're not able to multiply them. Some of you, God gives you opportunities, you close them with your hand. Amen. Because you don't understand how these things operate. First Timothy 6, 17. I'll read First Timothy 6, 17. Someone can read it for me. It says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, not trust in a certain riches, but in the living God who giveth us all things richly to enjoy. Amen. All right? Now, he was saying, I'm reading it in my Bible. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, he says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. What does he mean by being high-minded? It means that money has a way to affect your thinking. Amen. Then it says, not trust in uncertain riches. Money can make you to trust in it. Amen. Then he said, how they should not trust money and not be high-minded is that they should be ready to distribute, willing to communicate. They should give. Giving is a blessing and is a cure for greed. Amen. It's a cure for selfishness. Are you listening to me? Yeah, because you can get materialistic. Have you not seen some ladies that have, if you go to the house, you think there are many women in the house because there are many wigs. Head, 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 everywhere. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're not using all of them. Give it out. No. Say, ah, from your window, I saw plenty of girls. What are they doing? Say, no, it's not. It's wigs. 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 Amen. You're not doing anything with them. What? Are you listening to me? There's somebody that can never give out their items. Why? They are attached to them. They become materialistic. If you take that thing forcefully from them, it affects their emotions. Um, I, I need to treat for malaria. 
when items start doing you like that, dispel them. Never get to a place. You see, this life is spiritual. Hallelujah. You have to understand it. Tap your neighbor say, refuse to be materialistic. But where I was going to is this. About giving. You know, the idea of giving did not start in the charismatic church. It started with God. Hallelujah. Tabi number says it started with God. It started with God. The first time we saw a man give to God was in Genesis chapter 4. You read from verse 1 to 3. Cain and Abel brought an offering to God. Now, I always mention that because sometimes people say some things that they don't understand. The Bible didn't say God requested for an offering. Are you listening to me? The Bible didn't say God told them to bring an offering. No. The Bible says Cain brought an offering unto the Lord and Abel also. Now, when they brought it to the Lord, did he collect it? Yes. That means that they've understood the nature of God. That God receives gifts from men. You didn't hear me well. They've understood that God receives gifts from men. So they brought an offering to the Lord. Now, let me ask a question. Can you force God to take what he doesn't want? You say, God, I'm eating amala. You must eat amala today. No. If God received it, that means he wanted it. Amen. Am I communicating? So they brought an offering. Okay, the Bible said Cain's offering was rejected. Abel's own was accepted. Now, the first two, three times anybody ever gave an offering to God, the Bible never said God requested it. It never said God requested it. What does that mean? It means they have understood. Now, it's either they were taught. Cain and Abel maybe were taught by Adam. Hallelujah. Their parents. That this is how all those periods God had been fellowshipping with us. He taught us about things. Amen. And then Cain and Abel did the same thing. And so it looked like a practice at that time. Giving has been there since. Then in Genesis 14, Abraham met a man called Melchizedek. Hello? And then for the first time, the tithe was mentioned. Our giving, listen to me here, hear me. Our giving begins there. Amen? Oh, there's arguments, arguments. There will always be arguments whether you should go to church or not. Whether you should pray in the name of Jesus or not. Whether you should read your Bible or not, there will always be arguments. But you stand with the truth of God's word. Amen. So I will stay there for a while and then we'll close. In Genesis 14, we have the story of a man called Melchizedek. Since the scriptures are not up, I'll just give you a background. Abraham and... um, he had a nephew, Lot. How many of you know Lot? 
Lot, Mr. Lot. Hallelujah. Lot had been kidnapped. Kidnapping was there since Genesis 14. Amen. There were two kings, two sets of kings, a group of four and a group of five. And the group of five were, first of all, servants to a particular king in the group of four. Are you listening to me? And the king's name was Kido Lome. He was, they were servants to him, but they decided that after, they were servants to him for like 12 years. In the 13th year, they said, we're not going to be servants again to this man. So they formed an alliance with four other kings to fight to break out. He didn't talk to them. In the 14th year, he came to attack them. Four kings came to attack five kings. And Sodom was one of the kings that they attacked. Are you understanding me? And Lot was living in Sodom. So when they came, they carried the women, the children, and left. Somebody ran and told Abraham, and said, your nephew, even Lot, was taken. Abraham gathered 318 soldiers. You find all of what I'm saying in Genesis 14. 318 soldiers. The Bible said, trained servants in his house and chased after them. 318 men defeated five countries. Israel didn't start fighting war today. Defeated five countries. Amen. Five kings. 318 servants. So when they had come back from the rescue, he had brought Lot back. Kings came to visit Abraham. One of the kings that came was the king of Sodom. The other king that came was Melchizedek. Amen. So I know some of you don't have the story this way. So Melchizedek and other kings came. Sodom, the king of Sodom was the one that said that take everything but uh, give us our women and children. And Abraham said, I'm not going to ask for even a shoelace from you lest you say you have made Abraham rich. Then Melchizedek showed up. Now, when the Bible introduced Melchizedek, it did not introduce him like someone that, listen to me very well, it did not introduce him like someone that Abraham did not already know. If someone just appear, I give you bread, you go chop. <laughs> and Melchizedek, king of Salem, that's what he was called. That means there was a place called Salem, which is now Jerusalem. And it's called Jerusalem because the Jebusites defeated the place and they put the J plus the Salem, it became Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem, Salem, so he was the king of that domain. And the Bible says he was a priest of the Most High God. Now, that's the first time the word El Elyon was used. He was the priest of El Elyon. That means this Melchizedek, that, you know, some people think that when we talk about Abraham, he was the only child of God. No! There were many other people. Dangerous men, amen, serving God in different places. Some of you don't even know that Job even lived maybe perhaps before Abraham. Are you understanding me? So, Melchizedek came out, and in the realm of the spirits, he was senior to Abraham. Hebrews 7 tells us that without contradiction, the less is blessed of the greater. Meaning that he was saying that Melchizedek was a higher spiritual authority than Abraham. So when Melchizedek showed up to see Abraham, he gave him bread and wine and blessed Abraham. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and Abraham gave him tithes of all. There are three things to understand there. Number one is that Melchizedek was not a stranger to Abraham.
Two, Melchizedek and Abraham, that was not the first time a tithe was being transacted. Why? Because Melchizedek did not say, what is this? And they did not define to us what the tithe was when they were first mentioning it. You know, most times when people argue about tithe, they say, Abraham only did it once. What are you talking? The Bible is not a diary. Amen. Um, Abraham woke up. He brushed his teeth in the morning. He checked the channel whether news is on. Then Abraham slept. He did nothing today. Day number two. Is that how the Bible was written? It wasn't written that there are many things Abraham did that were not even mentioned. And there are many things that he did that were mentioned once, but he didn't do it once. Am I communicating? I'm dispelling that idea that um, um, Melchizedek, um, Abraham was tighted uh, and it was mentioned only once. Are you ready for that? Today is Sunday. Amen. <laughs> Tomorrow, come for inheritance. Amen. Bible school, Faith to Faith Bible Academy, kicking off tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 12. Come for inheritance. Register for it. Come. You will hear deeper things. You understand this. But look, the point I want to make here is this. Are you ready? Are you ready with my scripture? It's still not up. When he gave him tithes, you needed to hear the pronouncements that Melchizedek made, although even before. He said, God has delivered you from the, your enemies. The reason why the tithe was incorporated into the old covenant law was so that the nation of Israel would benefit from the blessing of the tithes. The tithe is a revelation. I will give you four reasons why I tithe. And those are four reasons why you should tithe. Amen. Number one, the tithe is a revelation. Hallelujah. It's not a law. And when I say revelation, that precedes the law. It's a revelation that precedes the law. Amen? Number two. I tithe, or I should tithe. I'd like to give you a few scriptures. Uh, are the scriptures up? Thank you. We'll read some of the scriptures. Don't be in a hurry. You will learn today. Amen. Let me give you a few scriptures. Let's look at verse 20. Okay. You're in 18. Sorry. Allow me. Let me read it down to 20. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth what? Bread and wine. That means Melchizedek already understood something about atonement. Bread and wine is symbolic of the elements of communion. Is that not so? So Melchizedek already understood that at that time. And gave, and he was what? The introduction. And he was what? The priest of the Most High God. The priest of El Elyon. Then verse 19, he now says, And blessed, and he blessed him. That's Melchizedek blessed Abraham. And said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God. 
possessor of heaven and earth. 20. And blessed be the most high God, which had delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him, Abraham gave him what? Tithes of all. Now, it's instructive here. He didn't give him tithes of some. Some of you tithe tithes of some. He said he tithed, he gave him tithes of all. Hallelujah. Tithes of all. In the same way Abraham gave him tithes of the spoils of war, we also give to the Lord the tithes of the spoils of redemption. Amen. Because we believe that everything that we receive came to us through the spoils of our redemption in Christ. Amen. All right, let me give you a second reason. Hebrews 6, 12. The second reason why I tithe. The first one is that because tithing precedes the law. It's a revelation that precedes the law. Number two, that you be not slothful. Can you adjust that? That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the... So it says, followers. Everybody say, followers. What's he saying, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises? He's saying that there are people that have worked in these things. Follow them. Amen. So the second reason why I'm tithing is that I'm following them. Amen. Who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Amen. I could, I, could, I could go further to explain that I am walking in the steps of Abraham, my father. Give me Revelations 4 verse 12. Sorry, Romans 4 verse 12. Romans 4 12. Are you there? Let's read together. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk, walk in what? In the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. So I'm walking in the steps of that faith of father Abraham. Amen. Am I communicating? So I'm tightening because Abraham tightened. Glory to God. What does the tight do? I'll end here. What the law taught us is not, the motivation for tithing is not what the law said. Are you listening to me? We're not tithing because Malachi said you should tithe. That's not why we are tithing. Neither am I praying because of what was said in the Psalms. I know. But I can learn from what was said in the Psalms. Am I communicating? All right. I've given you the reason why I'm tithing. But I want to show you what the law taught us about tithe. The law made us understand the significance of the tithe to God. Hallelujah. Because the significance was not explained in Genesis. It wasn't explained. So let me show you something. Malachi 3.10, the scripture you hate the most. But you should love it. He said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now here with, said the Lord of hosts. Now, what did he say? If I will not open that, I want to stay on the windows of heaven. If I will not open unto you the windows of heaven, amen, and pour you out what? A blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Christ redeemed us from what? 
the curse of the Lord. There's a curse attached to this Malachi. You have been redeemed from the curse. Are you understanding me? But you are not redeemed from the blessing. The blessing is verse 10. The curse is verse 11. The curse is that the devourer. Are you understanding me? In Christ, you have been redeemed from the curse that comes from not obeying the law. But you are not redeemed from the blessing that comes from responding to God's word. Amen. Are you listening to me? Is that clear? So what's the blessing here? The blessing is that the windows of heaven will open and he will pour such a blessing. Let me explain that windows of heaven to you and then you will know that we have finished this message today. Amen. He was likening it to how rain is released on the earth. But what he was saying is that any time God gives you an income, a salary, any contract, you got money, and you take out the tithes and give to God. Hallelujah. Number one, you are recognizing that this thing that came is God that gave it to me. Number two, you are proving to God that I don't trust this thing that came. It's you I trust. Number three, when you give that tithe, he said the windows of heaven, the remaining part of that money, God will give you ideas, concepts, insights on how you will multiply it and it will never end. The windows of heaven open is the wisdom that God gives you to manage the remaining of the money that is in your hand. You will stop having issues of you had money and then you can't really tell what you did with it. Why? Because there is wisdom. The windows are open. Oh, oh, put this one here. Use this one and do this. And then you will see what the money produced, producing another thing. Are you understanding me? Why is Satan fighting the tithes? You see, the church is breaking grounds on every side. Souls are, most, are saved today more than has ever been saved. Look at what's happening on social media. Look at what's happening across the body of Christ. The devil is mad. He has gone bonkers about it. And so to fight it, what was he fighting? Is fighting giving in church. When you hear that, you should double your giving. The best response to Satan is to give more. And so, so, so. No, because you understand that. It's something that God has given to us to impact our world and change circumstances around us. There are certain dreams that will never drop in your heart if you are not a giver. You know why? Because your heart, giving enlarges your heart. Amen? It does. It enlarges your heart. It enlarges your heart. But the attitude is this. You are not supposed to give because someone forced you to give. The Bible says, let everyone give as he proposed in his heart. That means that you're supposed to propose in your heart. 
Oh, I gave 100 naira before. I'm going to give 200 next time. I'm going to give a thousand next time. I'm going to give a million at once. You propose in your heart. But do you know something? If you're not taught God's word about the importance and the blessing in giving, you will never propose in your heart. Amen. Amen. The greatest beneficiary in the giving and receiving principle is you. Praise God. It's you. So, you make up your mind. Hallelujah. As you pray, you say, Lord, open my eyes. Teach me. He will show you how to practice giving. And you don't, you know, no, no, say you heard the message and you say, today I'm going to give. No, no, no. It's a lifestyle. Are you understanding me? It's a lifestyle. You are consistent with it. Anytime you receive money, you set aside seed. That's why some business principles they teach you are, not cont- are contrary to the scriptures. I hear, you know, even entrepreneurship, they say, well, uh, when you make your money, pay yourself first. <laughs> That's not what the Bible said, though. Amen. The Bible didn't say pay yourself first. Amen. Tight first. Amen. Tight first. In the Old Testament, under the law, we paid tight. In the New Testament, we give tight. You didn't hear me well. It's a willing giving. It's not a tax. Amen. It was paid. The Old Testament has to be paid. In the New Testament, it's a willing giving. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, he said, let every man lay aside as God had prospered him. Amen. So it's a willing thing. You're not paying it. Ah, God is coming. No, God is coming. Let me drop it before. No. You are joyfully, cheerfully bringing it. Amen. And when you bring it, you bring it. When we come to worship God, there are three things that must be full. Our heart must be full. Our mouth must be full and our hand must be full. Are you listening to me? So when you come to worship God, come with your heart full. Come with your mouth full of praises. But come with your hand full of gifts. God still receives gifts from men. Amen. Are we together? So you give up friends. And you keep giving. You, look, you give spontaneously, but you also learn to you plan to give big. There are some of you that some, you've never given above a particular mark. Today, God is lifting you. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me? You've never given, so, some of you here, you, you've never given above 5,000 there. 5,000 you've never given. I want to pray for some of you. And I'm instructed to do that. If you are here, and you've never given above 5,000 naira. And you want to give above 5,000 naira. Let me tell you something. I've done this before. I've done this before. And you'll be amazed. The miracles that will break forth. Now let me say this to you. Well, let me teach you how you will give more than 5,000 naira. If God gives you 10,000 naira, will you give it? No, I'm asking. If you don't have it, you can't give now. If you don't have, can you give what you don't have? No, you can't give it now. But I'm asking you, if God gives you 10,000 naira, will you give it? I'm talking to the one that's never given up to that. If God gives you 10,000, will you give it? Okay. We're going to do something and you will share your testimony. I will help you break out of that 5,000. I'm telling you how we have lived. So it's not something I don't understand. If you are here and you've never given above 5,000, but you desire, you're not going to give. Just I want to help you. 
I'm not saying you're going to give. You've never given above 5,000 naira, but you want to give above 5,000 naira. Lift your hand up. Stand. Stand. Now, I want you to just pray a prayer. All right? Let me ask you a question. If God gives you 10,000 naira today, will you give it? Will you give it? All right, pray, pray and say, Lord, give me more than 5,000 naira because I want to give it. You will see the scripture fulfilled that he ministers seed to the sower. Pray, just pray. Oh, no long prayer. Listen, Lord, I want to give more than 5,000 naira. Give me more than 5,000 naira to give. In the name of Jesus, lift your hand, those of you standing. Father, I thank you for everyone standing here. You've proven your word over and over again. And this one standing, I stand with them in faith. Minister seed into their hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, you will receive, some of you this evening, you will receive. You will receive more than 5,000 naira. Are you listening to me? Then you will give it. When you give it, you will start receiving like that. Some of you, if you don't receive it, don't give. Are you understanding me? No, don't give. Nobody's going to bother you. They're not writing your name. They're not taking your phone number. Nobody's writing your name. But when you receive it, remember that it's miraculous. God is teaching you how people rise in giving. Sit down. Amen. Put your hands together for them. The same way you saw what they did now is how someone will say, I've never given a million. And then you say, Lord, give me a million, I will give it. He will give you a million. He will give you a million. Now, it's not something to say, well, it depends. No, you pray. Say, Lord, give me a million, I will give it. Don't pray for a million. If you have not given the 500,000 that he gave you, you have 500,000 in your account, you have not given it, you asking for a million. Give the 500,000, Amen. What I'm trying to say is this. That amount that is the highest amount you've ever given, you want to stretch, is a decision you make. Is a decision you make. What now happens to you is that you will discover that your value for spiritual things increases because the scripture will be fulfilled that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Pray in tongues for a moment. More blessed. More blessed. More blessed. We step into more blessed. Everyone here steps into more blessed. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed. More blessed. Rakato jahali de dezekitayaba. Reto suba hakato subregadi ebo subregadi. More blessed. Zuprahande eklezuza bayi kataya. More blessed. Lozobredish kapatosa. Leba ade. Zupratusa labahakatosa. More blessed. In Jesus' name. Listen to me. If you are here and you've not been consistent in your tithing, I will encourage you 
It's not because the church needs the money. No. You see, there are certain things you will not struggle with as you learn to yield to the principles of God's word. If God tells you to pray and you are not praying, you will struggle. Are you understanding me? It's not a curse. No. It's just that you're not doing what you're supposed to do. If you decide that you want to push your car instead of driving it, you will sweat. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It, 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 nobody costs you. Are you understanding me? You come down, start pushing it. Don't worry. I'm just going to my one. You understand that? <laughs> you understand that? You, you know, no, no. But when you enter the car and drive, you do what you're supposed to do. The car will carry you. No, you, you're not supposed to carry the car. Are you understanding me? Hello? You're not supposed to carry the car. The car is supposed to carry you. So in the same way, if you're here, you've not been consistent with your tithing. I want to encourage you. Tight. 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 God taught me about tithing since 1995. I have never not tithed. Amen. Yeah. And this ministry tithes. We tithe to other ministries. So you should learn to tithe. If you've not been tithing, a tithe is 10% of your income. That's the list. You say, oh, is there's no specific amount. Well, the tithe is 10%. If you want to do more, no problem. Don't listen to all those demons on social media. Amen. Amen. <laughs> demons, all those freezing demons. Don't listen to them. Amen. <laughs> 10%. So they are ice demons, so they are hot. So don't listen to them. So you sow your seed. You give your tithe. Learn it. You're a student. They give you pocket money. I started tithing as a student. They give me 700 naira um, a week. I remove 70 naira and I tithe. Are you understanding me? Why? Because it's, I will spend the money as I want. Don't tithe out of your school fees. Your school fees is not your own. Don't tithe out of your business capital. But tithe out of your profits. Amen. Okay. Nigerian English. If they dash you money, tithe. Because you're going to spend it how you like. So it's your income. You tithe. You give from it. There are many kinds of givings, but I'm just focusing on the tithe now. Because of how many have misunderstood what it is. It's not a law. It's a revelation. Amen. It's a revelation. What will happen if I don't tight? You are not tightening since what has happened? <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I can tell you what will happen if you tight. Amen. Yeah. My prayer is that everyone will experience that window of heaven opening over us, bringing us ideas. You will see that what 1,000 naira can do in your life that you never imagined. Amen. You will see what the remaining 4,000 in your hand can do that you never imagined. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. And there are testimonies, financial testimonies that will break forth in our midst. Open rewards. Open rewards. Yeah. Somebody will tell you, sir, I've not even spent money this month on transport. Why? Every time I go out, someone's just taking me where I want to go. It's God 
multiplying your seed. You check. You spent only 500 naira. Last month you spent 5,000 on food stuff. This month you spent 500 naira, but you ate more. You added weights. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That's supernatural. And I suppose people that keep records will be able to tell that these things happen like this. The windows of heaven are open over us. When you bring that tithe, you say, Lord, thank you. I received the windows of heaven open over me. Insights, concepts, ideas are flowing to me on what to do with the rest. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I trust you. You are everything to me. You are the supplier of this need. You're the supplier of these resources. Hallelujah. And you, you worship him with your, your tithes. Don't be dropping tithes like this. Absolutely. Pray over it. Don't give an offering to God you didn't pray over. Hello? Are you listening to me? You pray over your finances. Father, I thank you. I give it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you quote the scriptures that tell you to do what you're doing. So you're responding by revelation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We glorify your name, O God. Your struggles, you'll find that there is ease in your finances in the name of Jesus. For those of you that have set in your heart to do more and to give, grace abounds in the name of Jesus. Receive supernatural help in the name of Jesus. I pray for you that the little that you call that which you call little will do what only much can do. That which is in the account that you called little, it will do only what much can do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pronounce a blessing upon you. I pronounce a blessing upon you. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed. You're here. You've not received Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith to